You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are talking Purdue basketball and the NCAA tournament. And to help me to do that, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast from the Boiler Breakdown podcast, Tanner Lee and Evan Webb. Gentlemen, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us. Good to be back. Hey, do, doing really well, Adam. Thanks for having us. Yeah, looking awesome. forward to this. Me too. I'm glad to have you guys back on the podcast. Of course, we did this uh, back in the fall when we did a crossover episode to promote each other's podcast. That was such a, a fun time for me and also just a really successful episode. As I kind of mentioned you guys in text, that's now my fourth most listened to episode of all time now. So Top uh, five. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you guys for that. And of course, a shout out to uh, Andrew Eiler, the third part of your guys' podcast who uh, couldn't join us tonight, but I want to give him a shout out as well. All right, man. It is, if you are a college basketball fan, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it's just an exciting time, March, man, especially this first weekend of uh, games. Um, but before we jump into the tournament itself, let's kind of look back on the season. Uh, Purdue, you know, uh, top 10, obviously, pre, uh, preseason ranking. Finished, uh, I think, what are we, eight or nine right now? Uh, nine. Kind of looking back on the season, how you guys feel, uh, where we started and where we are now? Go ahead, Tan. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's been a roller coaster of a season. I mean, great record. I mean, anytime you win 25-plus uh, games, that's, you know, something to hang your hat on for sure. Um Definitely a bitter taste in, in, I think, all of our mouths that we didn't at least get a, a share of the Big Ten regular season title, especially with the way we lost a lot of our games. You know, you had the half-court shot by Ron Harper Jr. in our first loss after only being ranked, ranked, ranked number one the first time school history for three days or whatever it was. So he hits that, and then we had, you know, the last second by Walker up at East Lansing, had a late one by Fennessey in a career night for him down in Bloomington and then the two banked in shots up at the Cole center in the last 25 seconds. Um, and those are just to mention some of the losses. Of course, we got boat raced up in Ann Arbor on just a night that nobody was going to be Michigan that night. So it's just, you got to think going into the postseason, maybe Purdue's due for some luck, but, um, but it's been a fun season. I mean, we went through the non-conference season undefeated. Uh, doesn't happen very often in Purdue basketball history. Hasn't happened, I should say, very often. Um, Jaden Ivey's been fun to watch. He was named a second-team uh, AP All-American today. Uh, so we need to take advantage the next, hopefully, couple weeks and uh, enjoy watching him because he's an athlete unlike we've seen at Purdue. It's been fun watching the growth of Zach Eady, the leadership of Travion Williams with being a six-man this year instead of, instead of uh, starting and some of the other guys who've come into their own as this year. So fun season overall, but yet definitely some frustrations along the way. Yeah, to agree, Tan. Um, I mean, the fact that we like went, you know, rolled to the non-conference undefeated was awesome. You know, I remember, you know, not the greatest win now, but the North Carolina game was awesome. Um, you know, I haven't, I was, I was in Chicago for the Northwestern football game at Wrigley. So I got to watch it at a Purdue bar, which was, I mean, it was made for an awesome environment. Uh, then the next day coming back against Villanova was, you know, one of the, you know, it was probably one of the most fun games I've watched all season, just seeing how we came back and Edie dominated that game. It felt like, um, it, you know, it really felt like a, you know, sweet 16 elite eight type of matchup type of game. Um, but then, yeah, like this, I mean, we had the ups and downs. I mean, when I, think I was kind of talking to Tanner about this the other day, but it's like, I feel like we're, we're still a pretty young team given we've got three seniors, but you look at, you know, Jaden's a sophomore, Edie's a sophomore, Mason, 
is a sophomore. Uh, Brandon Newman's a sophomore. You know, Thompson's a junior. You know, so you had a lot of these guys who had never even played on the road before a true road game. So, and obviously the first time we did, we got, you know, beat by a buzzer beater. Um, but it definitely, you know, kind of sucks that, like I said, we were, it was right there for the taking, especially after I remember watching the Illinois uh, Ohio State game where Ohio State won in Champaign, thinking, all right, here we go. This is, you know, we control our destiny. And then we go out and lose to at Michigan State, um, you know, beat Indiana or Rice. But no, we then we'd go to Wisconsin and lose that game in that fashion and come home and beat Indiana in a tough game. It was, it just kind of sucked. And then obviously topped it off with trying to bring home a trophy on Sunday and couldn't beat an Iowa team because we basically beat ourselves. And then, which was kind of the, the kind of the theme of the whole season, which a lot of these losses can come back to we just beat ourselves. It felt like we didn't give ourselves a chance because of, you know, high double digit turnovers or whatever, maybe or missed free throws. Um, so that just kind of what could have been, but I mean, it's, it's still been a really fun season. Like I said, I'm trying to last couple weeks, I'm trying to really soak in the fact that, you know, watching Jaden Ivy play in a pretty uniform was, and I mean, I was, at, I was at the game on Sunday and I was like, and, you know, I hope this wasn't the last time I could see Jaden Ivy play in a pretty uniform, but you know, chances are it probably was my last time in person, which was been a really special ride to watch him play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at 27 and seven and you think, you know, just about anybody in the country who's a college basketball fan would wish that for their team at 27. Mm -hmm. And then you feel kind of bad as a Purdue fan because you kind of maybe felt uh, we were better than this. And, and, you know, again, I don't know if 27, seven really reflects Purdue because they probably are better than 27, seven. And as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, four more or less buzzer beaters away from what 31 and three. (laughs) And then, you know, the, the Iowa game and Wisconsin game that we lost only by, you know, a few points or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you don't want to take away from what was actually a really good season. And like Evan said, you know, getting to watch a special player like Jaden Ivey and, you know, Trevion will go down as one of my favorite players of all time. Absolutely. And, you know, so you Andrew, don't want to take- Andrew, Andrew said the same thing too to us in text that he's probably one of his favorite players to ever watch at Purdue. Oh, I love, I love watching him play. So I'm going to miss him next year, but mm-hmm. it, you know, so you don't, you just, you want to enjoy it, and at the same time, us Purdue fans struggle with what, the what ifs and what could have been or what should have been. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like you said, beating yourself too. Like you know, outside of the Michigan game and maybe that first Wisconsin game, it, you know, we weren't really beat. We beat ourselves. My biggest frustration, and and uh, we've talked about this before, is the free throws. And, and mm-hmm. when you shoot fifty percent from a free throw line or sixty percent, you're not going to win games. And you look at all those losses, you know. So we're either going to win them or be ahead when those mm-hmm. guys are shooting those buzzer beaters or whatever. So it's the, I mean, I think, I think Painter and Katie's coach Katie said like, you know, when you're playing on the road, for example, you got to be 10 points better because if you're not weird things happen, which we saw, you know, like I said, at Indiana, not hitting free throws, which they didn't hit their free throws either. Um, but still, you know, we, we had the, the slew of turnovers to where you allow that crazy stuff to happen and, and it's what gets you beat and it's what can get you beat in the tournament. So, I mean, they call it March madness for a reason. If you leave the door open, we saw it last year with North Texas. And you know, if you leave, Dorpen for one of those, you know, you know, high, high digit seeds to get, you know, get their head up and get confidence. They're going to make you pay for it because they have nothing to lose and all the pressure is on you. Um, it's, it's just kind of funny how you look at this team. It's pretty much the exact same team we had last year and just how much different the, the feeling was, you know, from season to season. You know, last year it was like, who cares? Like, we're just going to enjoy the ride. Like you can't, I mean, <laughs> there's really no expectation. So when you have the games at Ohio state, you know, you have the Michigan state game, it just felt so much bigger versus this year. Like beating Ohio State was like it was more like okay, phew, on to the next one. Like it was just more like we didn't get to enjoy it as much just because the expectation was so high. Which, I mean, fair or not, I mean a lot of it obviously was you know kind of on the fans and you know the 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 talking heads, the media, whether it was warranted or not. But 
um, it just you, I feel like we didn't get to enjoy the wins as much as we did last year. And I will say on the flip side, I'm, I'm glad Evan you brought that Ohio State game up because we want to always say the what ifs, but we we were on the flip side a few games of that the Ohio State game at home, the Maryland, Maryland game, at, game home, at home, which I still am flabbergasted what happened with the officiating at the end of that game. <laughs> Um, and I might be forgetting one or two other ones. So there were some tight ones that did go Purdue's way, but uh, it definitely feels like the Boilers should get some uh, uh, good luck, hopefully, yeah. coming up. Yeah, you hope, especially with Ivy, you know, even though he's a different player, you hope to get some of that comparable magic to the Carson Edwards run of 2019 and just yes. a guy who you know he's probably on his way out and you just hope you can get hot for a couple of weekends and then, you know, get a little bit of contribution from your uh, your seniors. You know, I feel like this team really is going to ride on the hot hand of uh, a Sasha Stefanovic in this tournament. And, you know, he's been streaky the last few weeks. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder if his finger is bothering him more than he's letting on uh, that he jammed against. I think it was Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Because yeah. ever since that game, he hasn't shot the ball very well. So um, I could be wrong. Hopefully I am wrong. But and hopefully if it is bothering him, hopefully this uh week off up to Friday he gets some treatment on it and gets a better so because yeah I think I think you're right Adam I think he can be key to produce a run it's one of those things where if he's not hitting then you know he doesn't I mean obviously he brings he can pass the ball but he's like not a great defender by interest imagination so it's like if he's not hitting it's like what I mean obviously I mean he, he can run the offense but you know, he doesn't provide a whole lot outside of shooting so it's kind of like if, if he doesn't go you know, what now you, know, you hope maybe like a, maybe a Brandon Newman who's kind of reemerged can step up or Hunter's probably been our best knockdown shooter the last, you know, two weeks, probably consistency and consistently anyways, but yeah, it's, it's, we're going to need a, a kind of similar to Edwards and I agree, you know, a Klein type of performance this, this tournament at a Sasha. Yeah, for sure. That, that would be nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. And yeah, you mentioned Brandon Newman. That was so awesome on a Friday night. Uh, to watch him come in. I've been, you know, we've, we've talked, I think in some texts too, about just, you know, Newman getting a shot and what's going on, you know, Yeah, you text us and we're like, yeah, no shot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I'm glad to be wrong. Glad yeah. to be wrong. Yeah, Cause I was, I was coming back from dinner that night, Friday night, and I was listening to the game on my way home and I'll, I hear Blackman, Rob Blackman say, yeah, and Brandon Newman enters the game. I was like, wait, did I hear that? Right. Like what, like what happened? Like, the, like we have like four guys foul out or something. It's the first half. And then sure enough, then they were going nuts on the radio when he gets his first shot, which was awesome to hear. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Hopefully it can carry and, you know, momentum. I know you didn't hit a lot of the last two games, but you know, just to get maybe some confidence there. And hopefully that builds, you know, I think we've talked about too, as well as for next year, you know, there's going to be that opportunity next year when you mm-hmm. lose probably at least three guards between Hunter. Sasha and, and Jaden, there will be an opportunity, you know, depending on what those incoming guys do as well. So we'll see, but uh, all right. So we, you know, finished, we, uh, we lose to Iowa in the big 10 tournament championship again. Uh, you know, you hope to at least bring home some kind of trophy this year. I think Tanner, one of you guys have also put out there, you know, you hope this isn't going to be like the 2017, 2018 season where so high expectations, such a great team, you know, only to come away with really a, not a whole lot to show for it. Um, broken elbow so we had to show for it uh, <laughs> yeah Oof. uh but um so, you know that didn't go their way obviously on sunday there at the end of the game and then you know an hour later on selection sunday you know some might argue that didn't really go Purdue's way either all into a three seed you know when they were once you know a number one team in the country and in the top eight almost the whole season to not be a uh not be at least a two seed um mm-hmm. fall into three and then on top of it the salt in the wound that we have to travel to milwaukee don't even get to play in Indianapolis. Your thoughts as you kind of watch the brackets released on Sunday. 
Yeah, I was surprised because all the brackets leading up to really the Big Ten championship and even even a few after, which it doesn't really matter after because you got like 30 minutes and selection show starts. Yeah. They all had Purdue as two seeds in, in, in Indianapolis. I feel like I've but, seen Purdue in Indianapolis like most of the season. Yeah, oh yeah. Which was uh, wild. And, and like I was telling um, Adam, I'm not, I'm not sure if I've told you this, Evan. Uh, my dad and a good friend of ours, actually, they were so confident on Sunday that Purdue was going to be in Indianapolis. They bought tickets for Indianapolis for the NCAA. Now, luckily, they have sold them, and it looks like they're going to make some money oh, yeah. off of them. But uh, <laughs> they were they were a little disappointed by that. But uh, it as the brackets were unfolding, and it got down to that uh, East region, I did the math in my head. I'm like, it's going to be Baylor, Kentucky, then Purdue. Purdue's going to not be in Indianapolis. And I, I'm surprised they went with Tennessee in Indianapolis instead of Purdue. But Michigan's in that 11-6 game, and you they try not to have conference opponents meet up until at least a Sweet 16 if possible. So I think that's where it kind of got screwed up. But and, and another thing that was interesting was when they released after the selection show was over, they released the overall seeding. Purdue was 11th. So Purdue was closer to being a four seed than we after, were after coming seed. in being the first three seed of yes. the, the, the at least at least in Lunardi in Lunardi's polling. We were, it was like it was one of those things where actually no, we were the we were the last two. We I were think. the last two in Lunardi's. Yeah, and, and, so it was and, like you know you saw Villanova had won, so it was like, okay if we lose, Villanova will probably jump us, and maybe even Tennessee might jump us just because they also won their conference tournament. But yeah, the fact that we fell all the way to. <laughs> A four seed was wild. And I don't think even if we beat Iowa, I don't think we would have been a two. I think it was already yeah. locked in. I think more times than not every year, the seedings locked in before the big 10 tournament championship even happens. And I think more and more every year, these tournaments don't really matter besides teams on the bubble. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that more and more. And I, uh, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Sure. Yeah. And I, on one hand, I understand the emphasis of, you know, the regular season conference championship that you're playing, sure. you know, 16 to 20 games in your conference there versus, you know, getting hot for two or three days. But yeah, you're right. Tanner it does feel like sometimes it is irrelevant unless your team is trying to qualify. Right. Right. At least we've had good NCAA history in Milwaukee. We got to the sweet 16 and the 16, 17 up there by beating uh, Vermont and then Iowa state. Evan was at the Iowa state game. Uh, so it's not too far away from home. I guess it is the second closest we could be. So it's not like they shipped us out west or something, but still, still, uh, I, I wanted that uh, Indianapolis to Chicago yeah. uh, feed would have been nice. Yeah, at least it's not like, a, of course, we're recording this here on a Tuesday night as you know the playing games are starting. You know, <laughs> if if IU happens to win tonight, you know, or whoever wins that game, they got to go out to Portland from Dayton and play. <laughs> Play on Thursday. Yeah, play on th- that's that's rough. That's that, that's that. Uh, that's that's bad for both those teams. That's pretty messed up. Well, especially I mean, think about Wyoming because they've got to fly from Wyoming to Dayton, potentially from Dayton out to Portland. So that's yeah. I, mean, I guess they're flying that way regardless they win or lose. But yeah. so we have to go back Jeez. out west. But yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. Oh man. Well, let's talk about the tournament a little bit here before we kind of look overall at the tournament itself. Let's talk about Purdue, of course. Uh, obviously, I think we would all agree how far Purdue can go is all the way. I mean, there's no reason that team that was once ranked number one has the experience, the depth that they have, and a, a, a guy who could potentially be the top five pick in the NBA draft in Jaden Ivey, that there's no reason to not believe this team could go all the way. I think we'd all agree with that. Let's talk mm-hmm. about how far we think they will go. Evan? Um, I haven't actually made a bracket yet. I've <laughs> kind of been stewing over it. I think part I want to see kind of especially these first play-in games, especially tonight, um, but I 
I, in my head, I've had us going to the sweet 16 um, and losing to Kentucky. I think that's, that's when I, when the bracket was coming out, the two teams I was thinking is like, I do not want Purdue to see in their bracket was Arizona and Kentucky. And we avoided one of them, but got the other one. Um, I guess I'd rather see Kentucky over Arizona. Cause I feel like Kentucky has been a bit more inconsistent. Um, obviously they've got a, I mean, a first in all American in Oscar Sheepway, who's a dominant rebounder. It'd actually be really cool to see him rebounding versus Edie or Trey. Cause they're, I mean, all three of those guys are pretty good rebounders, especially him and Trey would be cool to see battle it out, but you know, they just, they're long and athletic, which, you know, typically doesn't bode well for Purdue, but um that, but I mean, that, that second round matchup, potential second round between Texas, which is Purdue fans we've all seen on the boards, that they've got Chris Beard, who's Painter's Kryptonite, it seems like he's beaten us twice with two different teams. So you don't want him to hit the trifecta. But that Virginia Tech team, I, I was watching their game against Duke on Saturday, and man, they can fill it up in a hurry. They can shoot. They can really shoot, which, you know, well, I guess, you know, people I mean, criticize their defense for letting open shooters, but. I mean, they are also a team that needed the, those wins to get into the tournament. So, you know, there's, they were, but they also think they've won like 17 of 19 to end the season. So they're definitely probably the hottest team in America right now besides Iowa. Um, but I, I think we can get to the Sweet 16. And I, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point, just get there and then who knows, maybe Murray State upsets Kentucky in the second round or something. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I agree we'll with you. We'll do for a broken bracket at some point. Like <laughs> yeah. At some point. <laughs> In our favor. Yeah, as long as we're not part of the broken part. Right. <laughs> um, I, I pretty much agree with everything Evan said. Um, I, I In my bracket, I have Purdue going to Sweet 16 and losing to Kentucky. Uh, both Kentucky and Arizona, the pair of Wildcats, were the two teams I didn't want to see in the region, just from kind of watching them in bits and pieces as the year went on. They're both fast teams, athletic, have size, can shoot. I mean, they can pretty much do it all. They are loaded with high talent, high recruits. Um but, um, you know, in Yale, I watched some of their game on Saturday. Um, I, I put a bet on them against Princeton, so I was glad they won. Um, I, they, they can score, but they don't have size. Uh, the tallest guy that they play most of the time six eight. So Purdue should be able to take advantage there with Trey and, of course, Zach Eady. Can he uh, shoot? That's the, that's the big question is can he spread the floor? Um, they're more – their forwards are – they're more defensive heavy really than okay. anything. So they could give us some problems on the defense. They give you a lot of different looks. I was watching a little bit of an interview with Painter today after practice and their coach is very familiar with Jaden and Caleb first, because he was an assistant on their U 19 team mm-hmm. last year. So he he's pretty familiar with those guys, but I'm um, looking in the second, second round, like you said, Chris Beard's there. He's been a pain in our backside for a while. Uh, I won't even bring up the Texas tech or little rock games, but uh um, we could see them, and we, we've had history against Texas in the NCAA tournament. That was Gene Cady's last NCAA tournament game as the head coach back in 03. was, a, I think, a 10-point second-round loss to T.J. Ford-led Texas team that made the Final Four in New Orleans. Um, and they or were we one could, seed. Yeah. They were, they were one seed. Or we could see Virginia Tech, who we've played a couple of times over the years in uh, AC Big Ten Challenges or, or uh, November tournaments or what have not. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think sweet if, – if we – my goal for this team now is make it at least the sweet 16, make the sweet 16. I think anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Just get there and get to Philly and see what happens. Yeah. Crazy. How our goals. Next I know. I know. Right. Yeah, I know. The, you've brought it up already guys, but like the, the game that makes me nervous is the Texas game. Assuming they both we meet in the second round, just because of the history you've already mentioned. And then of course too, uh, 
you guys remember Marcus Carr, who was at Minnesota, is now the Texas point guard, and he terrorized us when he was at Minnesota. So that makes me a little nervous, just the point guard play up there too, or down there, you know, from from Carr and and then of course that Texas defense. So that the Chris Bear defense. So we'll see. I mean, you know, if that game, I assume if we meet, that game's going to be under 70 points. And you guys well know. <sighs> Purdue hasn't won a game, I don't think, if they, they don't score more than 70. So I think we're like, I think we've won three games because actually our, uh, the IU game we scored 69 and the Penn State game we scored 69. I think actually even Michigan State we scored. Do we score or we scored more than 70 against Michigan State? I can't remember. I think we got to 70. I think, I think we got like 72 or something. But I think, yeah, I think, I think we had back to back games where we won and scored 69 points. This is one of those things where it's like, hey, maybe we're kind of bucking the trend. But yeah. well, we hope. But, yeah. But I feel like if we get past that game, then, you know, we, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. of course, that's if we get to Baylor, I think we can beat Kentucky, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I don't like our draw. I'll tell you that much. I don't like the East region and I don't like, you know, uh, all the, I just think there's a lot of tough teams in there. Again, I feel like, you know, you get hot guys are playing together. Everybody's contributing and you can step up a little bit on defense and overcome pressure and free throws like that the team could go all the way, but again, yes, it's, it's gonna be tough. I'm like I said, I'm nervous about that second round game. Yeah. Of course, as we know from Purdue, Purdue basketball PTSD. Let's get past Yale first. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, it's yeah. We can't overlook anybody. I mean, North yeah. Texas is fresh in these guys' minds this week. Which I I, 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 that makes me feel a little better. It's like, hey, these guys have actually experienced. Whereas last year, you know, they none of those guys really had the experience of getting bounced in the first well, round because you, you know Sasha and Trey and Eric they were freshmen on the Elite Eight team. Then the next year they didn't have a tournament, so you know they had never they'd only really experienced you know almost hitting the mountaintop. And so now that they've had that North Texas, hopefully they kind of keep some extra focus this week. And Yale's had success in the NCAA tournament upsetting teams before. They've upset Baylor a couple of years ago. But this Yale team did not play basketball last year. The Ivy League was shut down last year. So mm-hmm. these guys on the team, unless they were freshmen, and I don't even know if that Yale team made the tournament, almost all of them, if not all of them, don't have NCAA tournament experience. So that's one thing definitely in Purdue's favor. Sure. Yeah, you hope, like uh, you mentioned, Hunter, Trevion, and Sasha have – played in the postseason they made that elite eight run mm-hmm. um so hopefully that experience comes into effect and, and they they've tasted it before so hopefully mm-hmm. right. this is this is it this it's you know want to <laughs> do or die time for yep. us so put up that, or shut up time yeah. yep yep so hopefully that um drives them again you know and i we'll see you know no it's their last run so We'll see. I'm excited uh, for uh, Friday, 2 p.m. tip off. Of course, I, I work nights. I work 2 to 11. So that game starts right when I <laughs> walk into work. But fortunately, uh, I work in a TV station. <laughs> TV everywhere in our building, including, including three right next to my desk. So I will be able to obviously keep an eye on that game. But I will also, since it will be a newscast time for part of that, possibly I also will have to have self-control. As well. Sure, sure. <laughs> I've already been, already been reminded about that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pretty related in a minute or in a way uh steve lutz former assistant who's now coaching texas a&m corpus christi they're down for uh, about six minutes in the second half of the playing game so that was pretty cool to see him at least make the tournament his first oh, yeah. year as a head coach so yeah mm-hmm. i'm glad you brought that up too because uh we're sitting there on purdue assistants of course a couple uh are uh now available uh well i guess weber wasn't well he was an assistant for katie i guess you know, yeah. Bruce Weber's out there, and so is Kwanzo Martin. I put this out on Twitter. I'd love to see both of these guys come back to Purdue in some fashion. You know, maybe they still want head coaching jobs somewhere else, or maybe 
whatever's done, I don't know. I think Kwanzo's, you know, still young, but what would you, what would you guys think about those? Of course, there's no openings right now, but painters had an opening every year. So what do you think about those guys coming back to West Lafayette? Yeah. I mean, if an opening would happen to open up, I think those guys would make a lot of sense. It's definitely Kwanzo Martin because he is younger and he's a very good recruiter and he's especially at Purdue with his, when he was at Purdue, he's a very good recruiter. Um, don't know how he would feel being a coach of his son, uh, Chase Martin, but uh, he probably would actually enjoy it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and, but Bruce, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling Bruce is probably done, but maybe he could come on as like an advisor type role, yeah, some sort of somebody that or, watches some film yeah. from home and maybe comes in like once or twice a month. Like uh, I know Jeff Brom, uh, I, I can't think of the guy's name who was uh, Callaway, who was our, one of our offensive line coach last year. He's going to be an advisor for the football team. So that's what his role is. So, and I don't know how many, staff members you can have in basketball as compared to football but um but yeah i mean i you know once a boilermaker always a boilermaker so i would love to see either of these guys was was, so it's pretty cool to see him he's going to the ncaa tournament he said on twitter so yeah so only with the purdue hat on on uh, saturday or sunday so so that i could get used to seeing that gear back on uh that'd be awesome yeah he's Tanner mentioned a terrific recruiter and a great. I, mean, he, he, I think he got a lot of the big boilers. I'm pretty sure he kind of led the charge on yeah. most of I me mean, being. Uh, I think I think so. That's yeah. It built well last time he was on staff. Yeah. At one point, at Missouri recruited the number one guy in the country. So so true. Well, <laughs> obviously that didn't work out for him with the injuries. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. There, but hey. he's still getting injured for the Nuggets. So <laughs> good when he's healthy, but he just can't yeah. stay healthy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, that'd be fun to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well. Um, Let's jump back to the NCAA tournament real quick before we move on a couple of things as we close out. Of course, we talked about Purdue, but uh, how do you see the rest of this tournament shaking out? Maybe just kind of from each reason, maybe your final four and who you have winning it all. Sure, I'll uh, start with the West region. I think this is the easiest region for the one seed. I would agree. Um, and, and it's probably the number one overall seed, and that's Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga coming out of this region. I have them beating Duke in the Elite Eight. But it wouldn't shock me if Duke got knocked off before them by any means because they're tough to get a read on because they have all the talent in the world, but they're so inconsistent. And um, you've got also just the – I mean, you probably shouldn't go into this, this, the pressure. It's like this is Kay's true. last run. So it's like, I think that definitely played into them losing, getting tight against North Carolina when they lost at home, which I was laughing so hard when that happened. True. Um, but, I mean, you never know if, like, things get tight in a game. You know, who knows what kind of pressure that puts on the kids. Like, we can't let – coach go out like this and they're obviously they want to go out with the title get them number six but i think yeah i think they are a week two so i think tennessee got screwed and not getting a two seat over duke or a couple of the others but it's duke so i shouldn't be surprised i, I do have two upsets in this in this uh region i have either the winner the either or Rutgers or notre dame beating alabama and i have davidson over michigan state i like the lawyer uh history there mm-hmm. lawyers playing really well for Davidson. He knows Michigan State being a former Spartan. Um, yeah, so those are my two upsets in that region. Yeah, I like – I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, a Vermont team beats an Arkansas. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, again, again, one of those, like, inconsistent teams. Um, it, it felt like, you know, they kind of came in, you know, they got hot last year in the tournament, so they had, you know, the must bus was going full steam ahead. Hey. Um, hey. And <laughs> – but uh, they just, yeah, I mean, they had some good wins, but they also had some head scratching losses. Same with Alabama. So I, I can definitely see both of those happening. Um, I could see Texas Tech coming out of this region. Um, I, I've liked, I've liked what I've saw, what I've seen from Texas Tech in the Big 12. Um, I don't really see any other 
I don't see anything below, you know, uh, I can't, I think Texas Tech would be like the lowest seed to come out of there for the final four. Um, I do like the potential matchup of Memphis and Gonzaga because Memphis is one of those teams that has a ton of talent, but they've just been just a massive head case all year. Um, you know, Imani Bates, if you guys follow that story, he was, you know, number one recruit in the 2023 class or 2022 class, I think is what it was. Um, but reclassified, went to Memphis, was originally supposed to go to Michigan State, been called like the next Kevin Durant. Um, did not play well at all and then apparently left the team and they've been playing better ever since. Um, I was watching a little bit of a game against Houston over the weekend and, and so they can they can get out and run and you're gonna see it like them play a, you know Gonzaga who hasn't played the best competition as of late. It'll be interesting to see him watch play Boise because Boise slows it down. Yeah. So I actually have Boise winning that game because I think their slow pace will frustrate. Memphis, yeah, so. I'm, I'm probably gonna pick Boise, but just it's just the whole like, ooh, that oh, matchup sure. looks really cool, so I'm gonna go with it. But uh, yeah, that could be. And I, I, I think UConn could also potentially make. Some I, I do work, like but. them, but I like Gonzaga better. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got Gonzaga ultimately coming out of that, but here's my concern as a also an anti Duke fan that I'm not gonna make assumptions or allegations that the refs are going to help Duke, but it is, you know, you always worry about that Duke sent sentimental, mm-hmm. you know, run, maybe the players, you know, pull together and make a run for him or, you know, just, you know, gets the benefit of some calls here or there, but I do have Gonzaga beating Duke in the elite eight. My uh, to take uh, Tanner's pick one step further. I actually have Rutgers after they beat Notre Dame. I'm assuming they do. I actually have them, you know, beating Alabama, then actually going a step further, which is probably stupid beating texas tech and making a little run to the sweet 16 that could be a big 10 bias uh yeah. dumb pick but that's kind of my big pick i mean you got geo baker who's the type of guard who, who makes those types of you know runs in march i mean ron harper jr is a stud you got the um, big 10 defense player of the year i mean yeah. they, they got tool i mean they got, they got yeah, yeah you got mcconnell you got amari who's just you know yeah. can, who put zach e on an absolute poster oh, probably yes, one of the best stuff in person <laughs> in a long time and we put it at Purdue. Only to be outdone by Jaden um, later in the game. Thank God. Otherwise, that dunk would have been all over every <laughs> every sports show. Um, but I mean, that, that would not shock me to see Rutgers because I mean, at one no. point they were the hottest team in the country for a two week span. So yeah, and hopefully they're motivated too because maybe they, some people felt they shouldn't have had to play in that play in game too, and then sure. some people thought they weren't even going to make it. So maybe that's some motivation to prove uh, the haters wrong there as well. All right, what about the South? Uh, South region. What do you guys like out of that? I have uh, all Wildcats Elite Eight. I have Arizona over Villanova. Uh, I know Arizona's point guards banged up, might not even play this week at all. Um, but they're a team every time I watched them this year, I was so impressed. Fast, athletic, like I said earlier, can shoot. Um, a lot of times I watched them, I was like, they're the best team in the country, even though Gonzaga was usually number one. Um, but that that's who I like coming out of there. But you know, Tennessee's hot. I know they're they're the sexy pick for a lot of people. Um, as far as upsets are concerned, the only upset I have, and I think a lot of people have this one's Loyola over Ohio State because not only is Loyola with Sister Jean, you know, they were the feel-good story a couple of years ago making the Final Four and then, and then beating Illinois last year. Ohio State's really – I mean, they are just coming <laughs> in <bad>. just <laughs> limping bad into the tournament. Yes, EJ Liddell could put them on his back, but I just I just don't think they're a good team right now. So yeah, they can't hold a lead. Um, I mean, this is a team that at one point, like Purdue, had the Big Ten 
in front of them. You know, they beat Illinois in Champaign. So, all right, this is the chance for us to, you know, take take control of our own destiny and win a share. And then they lose at Maryland and lose home at Nebraska. So yeah, and it was probably probably one of the biggest like roller coaster weeks a team could have had all season. Um, yeah, that's definitely the the big upset there. Um, I mean, we obviously Villanova were a bit familiar with them, just beating them um, this year, but also kind of just playing them over the last couple of years. I I really like the Villanova team. They can they play a little unorthodox with you know um, Colin Gillespie will somehow post a guy up, which is b- bizarre having a six three guard post a guy up in the lane. Um, but they're fundamental. They don't make mistakes, which is you know Jay Wright's Mister March. I love Jay Wright. He's probably my favorite coach outside of Matt Painter. Yeah. Um, he's not wearing the suits. He always wears great suits. So it's, it's a shame. <laughs> That's what COVID took from us um, from the basketball front. Um, but I, I think, yeah, no wildcat elite eight is in our future and it should be probably one of the better matchups we see in the whole tournament if it happens. Cause yeah, I really like, I said, like what you said, Tan Arizona is really fun to watch and scary at the same time if you're potentially playing them, cause they've just got so much out there long. Um, I mean, first year head coach Tommy Lloyd is who came from Gonzaga. He's it'd be really interesting to see how that kind of plays over the years. Because Gonzaga was getting a lot of the you know the overseas guys, which I think a lot of it had to do with Tommy Lloyd. So it's gonna be interesting to see how Arizona does that in the future. But uh yeah, that's that's a that could be a really, really fun bracket with Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee as well, as we just kind of said, they've been a little inconsistent, you know, away from home aside from the tournament. So it'll be interesting how they play, but they're also I know a lot of just seeing Vol Twitter, which our podcast is all too familiar with. Um, they are not happy that they got a three seed. They, I mean, there's, I mean, you could argue they could have gotten a one seed just by looking at, you know, head to head. Um, I think they definitely should have gotten a two at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting how that plays out. Of course, I made the emotional decision in that, uh, in that second round. I, <laughs> I got Michigan upsetting Tennessee to make their fifth, go. fifth straight uh, Sweet 16. I mean, Michigan's an interesting team because when they put it together, oh, I mean, as we saw, I mean, at the, the Purdue game, they can be tough. Um, you got, you know, Caleb Houston is, you know, can be elite. Um, obviously, Hunter Dickinson can go off at any time. He can, he can really stretch out a defense. So it just kind of depends on which Michigan team shows up. It's so true. I mean, obviously, as a guy who's followed them, you know, Caleb Houston will shoot, you know, six out of eight from three one game and go over 10 the next. <laughs> and he's a freshman. So you're kind of concerned about that as a freshman going into this. But at the same time, you know, you look at Jordan Poole for Michigan. He's a freshman in 2018, Gosh, hit the game winner against Houston. It was hot. You know, sometimes they have a short memory or whatever. They don't. They don't care. There, there is no pressure because they feel like they have nothing to lose. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see that this highly to, uh, touted recruiting class does, and and you know, if, can they get hot? Make it's just I always kind of laugh, like especially this type of year because we've seen it with two teams in the Big Ten. But like, if you're a Colorado State or a St. Mary's and you have a potential matchup with Michigan or Indiana, it's like, come on, like, our, you know, our best seed probably in you know in our program's history, we got to play a, a Big Ten team that's you know borderline blue blood, even yeah. if it's in a down year, but still have Big Ten talent. It's I'd be well, so yeah, mad at the committee. <laughs> Michigan team that was pre-ranked top five. Yeah, you know? they, yeah, <laughs> and obviously they didn't live up to those expectations for various reasons, but. And they get Indianapolis. I think Indy, <laughs> the people who are really happy that Purdue's not in the, the Indianapolis is the city of Indianapolis because that means that all the fans who are coming, Kentucky, Michigan, have to get hotel rooms versus Purdue fans who either live in the city or are coming from West Lafayette, don't need to take a hotel room. So the city of Indianapolis is probably very happy that mm-hmm. that happened because, I mean, those fans are going to pack the city. So I'm not going mm-hmm. downtown anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> and outside of this last weekend, you know, Michigan has played really well down here in Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, historically as well 
my kind of, I don't know, surprise or team I have, the lowest ranked team I've gone the furthest, I actually have Illinois. Again, maybe it's a Adam. I have Illinois actually going all the way to the title uh, game. That's like, wow. Like, that's my bold pick for this tournament. And I texted my friend before we started recording this. He was a, an Illinois grad that I just jinxed his team. Uh, so. <laughs> We've got a buddy uh, who tampers a podcast with who's a massive Illinois fan. So it's. Uh, I won't be able to do that show. If that <laughs> yeah. happens, I, I will not be able to do it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, but other than but that, they, have, but they, they I, got the I mean, capability. Dude. They got, yeah, they're, they have, they're good. Yeah, they've. A lot, I've heard a lot of like podcasts and people say if there's a Big Ten team's going to make the tournament or make the title game, it's probably going to be Illinois because they've got the big man, they've got the guards, they can defend. Um, you know, they've got the guys who can get really streaky with Plummer um, and Fraser can get hot too. So yeah, they're. I mean, they're a scary team. It's going to really suck if they do because it's the fact <laughs> that we beat them twice. And, yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yep. So that's yeah, who I got out of that. All right, and we'll uh, finish up here with the Midwest. Uh, who do you guys like out of that? I went chalk here. I like Kansas over mm-hmm. Auburn. Um, I don't like Kansas at all. I think they're a dirty program, but I, I think they're very good. Um, I, I I think Iowa will give them a heck of like Sweet Sixteen. I I would Sweet Sixteen. It wouldn't surprise me if Iowa upsets them and gets further. But I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa loses the Richmond yeah. in the first round. I just don't know which Iowa team is going to show up. They're hot lately. Don't get me wrong, but they have no inside post game. So if they're missing perimeter shots, any anybody can get them. Um, I think I think Wisconsin got the best draw of the Big Ten as far Absolutely. as they get to play in Milwaukee. Then if they get through that, they play in Chicago. Um, whereas Illinois ties with them for the Big Ten championship. Illinois gets the one seed in Big Ten tournament. They get sent to Pittsburgh, which they were hoping for Milwaukee. They get sent to Pittsburgh. Um, my, I have a couple upsets in this region, though. I have, I have San Diego State beating Providence. Or South Dakota State, not San Diego State. South Dakota State being Providence. Yeah, Providence is one of those teams. It's kind of like, uh, and Tara, you guys listening to your podcast, like Josh was right. They are the Wisconsin of the Big East. Um, yeah. And the fact that they've won a lot of really close games, you can call it luck. Um, they won the Big East regular season, but then got destroyed in the uh, Big East tournament. Um, so it felt like. So, yeah, they're a team that. I like Wisconsin. I like. I don't believe in Wisconsin. I just want to. Say, I don't know if it's just a bitter that they want to share the title when you've got Brad Davison playing for his tenth year. Yep. Um, but I think Wisconsin's frauds, and I kind of think Providence follows the same line of thinking. And then I got. I think this is a really popular one across the country right now. Iowa State over LSU with with Will Wade getting dismissed or fired. I don't know where that head's going to be at going yeah. into the tournament. I have that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Iowa. I'm I'm 100 with you on that, Tanner. Iowa could. Go to the Sweet 16, they could lose in the first round because you always worry about that. You know, they're hot right now. Everybody's talking about them. Everybody's boosting them up, saying how good they are right now, and then yep. they fall flat. You also saw it last year, too, with Illinois. You know, it could be something to be said about, you know, exerting a lot of energy that it took because they played four days in the Big Ten tournament. You know, they played on Thursday. They played on or they played on Thursday, played on Friday, you know, went down to the wire on Saturday and then, you know, had to play a Purdue team, which I'm sure it's not easy banging down low with, with no. and Trey. So, you know, could take a lot out of them. So we'll see how fresh they are. And, you know, we saw Illinois last year losing the second round. Didn't look good really either game. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I ended up changing my mind last second, putting Auburn out of this, even though all year I felt like Auburn's really not that good. I haven't been Kansas now. I last second <laughs> they've got a you know potential number one pick Jabari Smith they've got an elite shot blocker and Walker Kessler so I mean the pieces are there it's just a matter of yeah it was kind of everything else it's like 
mean, I can't stand Bruce Pearl, but uh, I'm gonna have to take a shower if that's the lead eight after watching that game between Self and Pearl. Those are right, dirty cool. coaches. There. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. All right, so title game. What do you guys end up having for the title game? I have um, well, out of the East, I never did say who I have. Oh, sorry. Four out of the East. I have UCLA actually coming out of the East. They're finally healthy. Um, I know a lot of people have Baylor or Kentucky. I actually have North Carolina upsetting Baylor in the second round because Baylor's pretty banged up. So Baylor's going in banged up. UCLA's finally healthy. Uh, but I have Gonzaga over UCLA, Arizona over Kansas, then Arizona over Gonzaga in the championship. Okay. That's who I had too. I, I, I really like the Arizona team. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to mean if you're a Gonzaga fan, which – no one listening to this probably is, um, but just getting to your third title. It was a third title game, fourth title game, and still not coming away with one. It's going to be the third. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting Gonzaga fatigued. I mean, yeah. I know, I, I think Mark Few is a great coach, but they play in the, they need to get in a better conference. I don't know how they do that, but they run through it every year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they do play a hard non-con usually, but then they get in the tournament. They always make at least the lead eight. It seems like I just, their just get tired of format them. is, bizarre where they, yeah. they have a walk i mean they get a buy all the way to the semifinal and then yeah. so you play two games whereas yeah. you know big 10 team has to play at least three if you're one of the top seeds but and then they get a week of rest yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I think arizona is just too talented yeah well, i'll get i'll get to my pick in a minute i, I think the ucla is a good point I'm, i don't know if you remember last year after they made their final four run they were the the team for those way too early next season picks i think a lot of people had them top three top mm-hmm. four Oh, well, yeah. A lot of people had number one mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, Gonzaga landed Chet Holmgren. But there's a lot of like, you know, one, you know, Gonzaga, UCLA, one, two, kind of a, you know, West Coast battle for the for the title. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you got Johnny Juzang, who's a, you know, going to be playing in the NBA. You've got, um, I mean, we get the the Rutgers transfer, Miles Johnson. You know, he was a you know, nice addition for Tiger them. Tiger Campbell's still there. Tiger Campbell, so he's a good, point, you know, steady point guard. You've got, um, Oh, Hami Hawkins is another sh- good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, I mean, they did it once. They can, and they're confident they can yeah. do it again. So, and, and they they probably should have beat Arizona the other night. That was a heck of a comeback by Arizona. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. Yeah, they, I want to sleep on UCLA for sure. I ultimately did have Baylor come out there. Um, I know I, I agree with you on the the Gonzaga f- uh, fatigue, but and I hate to chalk that game. I didn't chalk anybody else there. Uh, I guess Baylor, but. uh I feel like Mark Few finally gets it this year. That's just my feeling. Again, I'm no expert, and nobody should gamble based on my predictions here tonight. But I, uh, I feel like he finally gets it this year. That's just that's just my feeling. I obviously could be wrong. It wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, I have him in the title game, and I'm no I'm no expert either. I'm just a fan. But uh, I mean, Gonzaga is stacked. They're loaded. The great coach. Um, I, I'd love a shot at them because that means that we made the Final Four. So mm-hmm. bring it on. Well, one thing's for sure: the next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Will be more fun if uh, Purdue's still playing come uh, first weekend in April. <laughs> so mm-hmm. We shall see how that will all turn out. But uh, before we kind of close up this episode, I just want to kind of give a couple other shout outs. Of course, uh, Purdue women's basketball plays tomorrow night. Uh, of course, this recording is going out on Wednesday. So I'll say Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at Mackey against Southern Illinois University, the Salukis. Uh, you guys have thoughts, and I don't know how close he's gotten to follow the women's program this year, but just the job Katie Gerald has done in year one. I'm so excited for the program, proud of her, and I think there's a lot of momentum uh, surrounding that program. Yeah, I don't know anything about Southern Illinois' women's team, but just the fact that Purdue gets to play postseason basketball is a great experience mm-hmm. for the players and, and a nice little reward for a better – I think 
I think they overachieved. I mean, I think they exceeded expectations. I mean, you have a coach in waiting who then all of a sudden right before the season uh, gets thrown in the ring. Well, nope, now you're the head coach. So that's a tough position, and I thought she did a really good job. I think she's doing a good job on the recruiting trail. I think she's got the program going in the right direction. I mean, look at the turnout for the Indiana game at Mackey. That was fantastic. I know they lost a heartbreaker, but that was fantastic. I think we will see Purdue get back to where they belong at the top of the Big Ten here sooner than later. Yeah. I agree. I say it's. I mean, it's so cool to see. You know, the videos of her on Twitter. Just so you can tell. I mean, she bleeds black and gold just like the rest of us. So it's. I mean, I think it's the right hire for the job. Um, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, I haven't paid attention to the women's team in a while just because I didn't like where the program was going and it was frustrated with it. But I mean, she had me tuning into games way more than I ever had. And so I was, I was watching that Indiana game pretty much from, I think the second quarter on, um, which I'd never done. Um, so it was, it's really cool to see uh, this, the support behind her and, you know, kind of similar to the men's program. I'm just having another, having a bullet maker at the helm. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, a couple of close losses for them too. Of course, yeah. Indiana won. So there are a few games, you know, there are a couple of tough, tough losses against Wisconsin this year. Uh, so, I mean, they were, they were right there in a lot of games. So, yeah. yeah. They fought hard. That's what I enjoyed about it. I mean, they, they, if, even if they went down, they went down swinging. And, and that's all you can expect in the, in the first year kind of, of, of a rebuild job. That Yeah, she's, she's got them going on the right track. It, it reminded me a lot of that of, of Matt Painter's first year when they, I think, won what, only nine games. Nine games, but, but they fought their tails off. They did. And, you know, that was back when I think they were on, like, Channel 4 all the time here, at least in Indiana. And you yeah. could actually watch all their games. Uh, before the big, I think it was like ESPN Plus. Was that yeah, ESPN yeah. Plus? Yeah. 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 Right. I think it was a year before the Big Ten Network uh, came into existence. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, you could, you, you, yeah, it sucked losing, but like they were playing hard. Like you, yep. know, you could at least enjoy watching Purdue basketball again. You know that first year, and so I feel that's kind of where she's at, and and they won more games, and and man, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, kind of run they can make in this NIT mm-hmm. to build momentum into next year. And I mean, they got some great seniors, and you know, Cassidy and some others, but a lot of their talent is young talent. So mm-hmm. like you got a lot of coming back next year too. So. And some good ones coming in, it looks like. So. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Katie. She's doing a phenomenal job up there. Uh, also quickly, uh, shout out to, we're talking Purdue baseball, 15 and oh, yes, beating Dayton today. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for the players, but especially for uh, coach Goff, who's a friend of mine and it's a great uh, uh, support of the podcast here. He's coach Goff's awesome. So I'm so excited for him. He told me last fall, he, was so confident this team was going to be good this year. And here they off, off to a 15-0 start, best start in uh, program history. Now, he, you know, he himself would admit we haven't played Big Ten baseball yet. It, it's going to get tougher, but they're at least on the right uh, right track and their trajectory is upward. And, and and no matter what, you know, starting off 15-0 is going to build confidence and excitement absolutely. around the program. So. Yeah, absolutely. It builds confidence. It gets the fans intrigued. Even if they don't normally follow Purdue baseball, they see them, oh, we're 15-0 and we're ranked. I'm gonna start paying attention. And how about the uniforms? They have the coolest uniforms out of all the all the Purdue sports. So, oh, I I wish they would the the basketball and football team they could adopt some of those yeah. uh, variations of uniforms. And in Alexander Fields, a great ballpark to watch a college baseball game. If you've never been, I highly suggest uh, taking your kiddos if you have a family or if you just by yourself and go go enjoy a baseball game on a, on a beautiful beautiful evening. It's uh, it's a great park. Yeah, for sure. I got I was, uh, blessed to get this jersey sent to me a couple of years ago, but man, that's, that's, cool. that's some of those script jerseys. I agree. Oh yeah. I'd love to see the up. script is where it's at. Like yeah. if, if pretty fast, we got a script Jersey. I would die of happiness. There. <laughs> that would be beautiful. That'd be awesome. Did you see that a uh, mock Jersey? I think it was on like Reddit, but it was on Purdue Twitter where it was like almost kind of like a mock 
script, sort of a script uh, jersey based off the Purdue drum. Did you guys see that a few weeks ago? Mm-mm. I'll have to. No. Uh, I, I remember you. scrolling past it, but I don't think I looked at it. In I thought much it was detail. really cool. It was kind of based off basically what you see on the drum. I thought those were really that cool. would be cool. So, but be I, cool. you know, it would be nice to see a new a new jersey next year. I might see a new one in football. That's supposedly the rumor going around as well. So, yeah, I'll take it. As I mean, I, I like our uniforms, but it, I always like when the newer ones they come out with usually better. So, yeah. yeah so, and then uh, as we're wrapping up too, I just wanted to shout out to. Uh, uh, Coach Ursland and the and the wrestling program. They head into uh, the NCAA championships this weekend as well. They got seven guys who qualified uh, for that. So I uh, hope uh, you know Godspeed to them, and I uh, like to see some of those guys advance. And again, another program that's just consistent up there, uh, consistently ranked, and just doing a great job. Yeah, so it's a lot like volleyball. I mean, Big Ten wrestling, like Big Ten volleyball, is stacked every year. Yeah. I mean, you got Iowa, you have Minnesota. I mean, they are just powerhouses year in, year out. I know I'm forgetting other ones, but those are the first two that come to my mind just historically. And Purdue's constantly ranked. Um, just another coach that bleeds black and gold. And, and Purdue Athletics has done such a good job right now of having the right fits as head coaches across the board yeah. in the money-making sports and the non-revenue yeah. sports. It's a, it's a fun time to be a Boilermaker for sure. Sure is. And it's something about playing in Holloway gym, right? You know, volleyball. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's a great place. Well, as we're wrapping up guys, I don't know, feel free to add anything else, but I also just want to give your, uh, give you guys a chance to uh, shout out your podcast, the Boiler Breakdown podcast. If you guys aren't familiar with it, go check it out. Just great in-depth, uh, insight on Purdue sports uh, guys where can people find that I mean anywhere you know, anywhere you find your podcast and you know, we typically record live um, when we do um, obviously you can find it on your your podcast platforms you know Spotify Apple podcast um, but we usually go live on our Twitter Facebook and YouTube when we do so if you could follow us on there and say we love interacting with people as they listen it makes the podcast a lot more fun um, so if you're listening to us just banter and give our dumb opinions but yep yep our uh, handles at boiler break pod so you can find us. That's uh, Twitter and Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook. And like Evan said, YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube. Really trying to grow that. Yeah. And and we usually go live because that's the laziness on my part from a standpoint. Um, but it's, it's Evan, my son, our other buddy, Andrew Eiler, who's uh, actually a Butler grad, but he's a lifelong Purdue fan too. So, uh, so he still has a team in the fight in March this year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. So no. check us out, please. Yeah, for sure. I definitely recommend that to anybody who's listening or watching this episode. I, I love that you guys do it live too, because you know, you do, usually record in the evenings and I'm working, but if it's a slow night here at the, at the news desk, I love just, you know, at least I have one year in the scanner and one year to listen to your podcast. I love <laughs> following along and, and uh, bugging you guys with some of my texts as well. I appreciate, uh, I really sincerely appreciate all the support you guys have th- uh, thrown my way as well and shown for the for full steam ahead. So it's been, it's been great interacting with you guys and, and bringing you back, uh, for the podcast so again yeah i recommend boiler breakdown for anybody who's a Purdue sports fan for sure well thanks for Appreciate the support it. and thanks for having us uh your podcast is definitely one i have to listen to whenever you drop a new episode mm-hmm. you constantly get great guests so uh keep up the great work appreciate it guys thank you so much and uh thank you again for uh, joining full steam ahead and let's let the madness begin boiler up boiler, boiler up, up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.